pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this morning, and thank you that we can be here for the Bible class once again. We pray that your Spirit's blessing would be with us this morning as we study the words of life together, and also uh, throughout this term as we study in this class. We just pray that your special blessing can be here, and if there's any other people um, who are thinking about studying the Bible, we pray that they can come to this class and that they would decide to study with us and that we can be able to be blessed and learn many good things together. We thank you for this and we thank you for your love. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, this time we are starting in Mark chapter 10. And we've already covered the first, uh, I believe, 13 verses of the chapter. Okay, Mark 10. And yes, at least up to, I think it was verse 12, maybe we went to there. Okay. Yeah, chapter 10. Okay, so in chapter 10, the first thing that Jesus talked about was, uh, was the issue of divorce. And uh, if you want to know about that one, I will try to put the, the recording onto the website for later online when I can get that going. Uh, I can hear my voice. When? <laughs> you can hear your voice on. About my voice? Oh, may maybe so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, we, we got most of the message from yesterday, but some of it we didn't get because we ran out of time. Uh, so, verse 13, we will take it from there today. And why don't we start with Ji Young? If you are bringing little children to Jesus to have him to touch them, but the disciples believed them, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder hinder, hinder them. For mm -hmm. the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so uh, Jesus, he really loved children, you know. Actually, Jesus loves people. It doesn't matter if they're big people or small people, <laughs> right? Jesus loves every soul, everyone, every person, whether big or little, um, whether important, we think important, or maybe we think not important. Everybody is important to Jesus. And uh, so people, they, when they saw Jesus, okay, they thought, we want our children to see Jesus. We want them to be blessed by Him. So they started bringing their children to Jesus. Hey, come, let's go see Jesus. You can imagine moms getting her kids out of the house, and she's like, you guys, let's go see Jesus, right? And they're like, okay, let me get my shoes, you know. So they come to see Jesus. And uh, they're, as they're coming nearer to Jesus, it says that the disciples rebuked them. They said, get back, right, uh, to these children and the mothers. Like, why, why are you bothering Jesus, right? Don't bother Jesus. Because the disciples think, well, you know, Jesus is too important of a man, right? These children, they're not important, right? And so they're just kind of pushing the people back. And when Jesus saw it, it says he was indignant. The NIV uses this word indignant, which means angry or upset. Yeah, yeah. He says, no, right? Don't, don't do this. Um, when Jesus saw it, he was indignant, and he said to them, let the little children come to me. Right? Do not hinder them. Do not stop them. Uh, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Right? Uh, let the children come. We should not try to hold children back and say, oh, well, they're too young to learn about Jesus. Oh, they're too young to go to church. Um, no, we should bring the children to Jesus, right? Uh, we cannot say they're too young to know or get to know Jesus, right? So they were, uh, they were blessed by Jesus. He says, the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. And in verse 15, he applies some spiritual lesson from the children 
to other people like adults. Uh, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not des receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Uh, well, maybe you can, say, you can tell us uh, some ideas. What do you think uh, little children are like? I mean, you know from your experiences. How are the little children different from, say, an adult? Clean. What is it? Clean. Clean. Okay. Bright. Pure. Pure. Okay. More pure-minded. Sometimes they look like people. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. but they didn't notice what they did, but sometimes they did bad things. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's they true. They don't recognize how bad or how evil their action was. Mm. Yeah. So um, sometimes they're ignorant about that, mm. you know. Um, but maybe also they can be uh, like simplistic. What else? What do you think, Nicole? Yeah. Yeah, like uh, white mm -hmm. Like white paper. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And fragile. Fragile. Uh huh. Yeah. Fragile. Maybe also like uh, sometimes more. Maybe humble. Yeah. I don't know about always in that case, but, but maybe um, their mind is more simple about things. Simple. Simple, yeah, yeah. simple, right. Trusting also. Mm -hmm. Trusting. Yeah, usually they just trust many people. They'll trust like their parents, you know, or they might even trust a stranger. They don't think that something bad will happen because their mind is very innocent, mm -hmm. right? Very like pure and innocent. Yeah. So that's, that's good, but also it can be dangerous because there's many bad people in the world, you know. Um, so I think also parents, they have to warn their children that, you know, okay, you cannot trust everybody because there's bad people in the world. Uh, yeah, so they do have like this innocence about them. They, they're trusting and innocent and uh, just think about something very simply, sometimes very clearly, you know. Maybe parents are thinking about some complex thing, and children are like, "Oh, like this." And you're like, "Oh, really?" Unregular. Irregular. Okay. Oh, very free-spirited, maybe. Very free-spirited to do something. Yeah, they don't consider about all the rules about something, maybe. They have many potential. Lots of potential. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think when Jesus says uh, this, these words, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God uh, like a little child will never enter it. Um, I believe he, he highlights the good qualities of the children. You know, like very trusting. They have faith. They have belief. Especially in their parents, you know. Like mom and dad. You know, they really trust, usually in most cases, the child really trusts mom and dad, okay? And they think, oh, okay, mom can handle anything, right? Dad, they can handle anything. So I don't worry about it. Yeah, kids never worry. They just play. <laughs> and they make many worries for mom and dad. <laughs> many headaches, right? Um, but the children, they, they trust their parents, you know? Um, they, they know that mom and dad can handle the situation. So I don't have to worry, right? And I believe that these are the things Jesus highlights, you know, because uh, we need to have also this trust in God, where we know He can handle it. We don't have to worry. Uh, yeah, right? And so we also have the, maybe the innocence and the purity of their mind. Uh, that, that is also important. So Jesus says, maybe we can just learn a lot by looking at, the, watching the little children, you know, um, about how we should be towards God. So we have to be like the little children, Jesus says, otherwise we'll not enter the kingdom of heaven. We must trust God. We must depend on God. Children depend on their parents. Uh, and it says, he took the children in his arms and he, he um, blessed them, put his hands on them and blessed them. So Jesus loved the children and we should not keep the children from Jesus, but we should bring the children to Jesus. You know, and sometimes people, they, they don't even take the time to bring their kids to Jesus. And they think, well, you know, okay, I'll just let them do anything they want, or they'll just choose their own way. But really, the Bible teaches us very clearly, young minds need guidance. 
because we have experience, we have wisdom, you know, and we, maybe we, we know many things about God and about life, and the children need guidance. They need, they need direction into the right way. And especially if we know the true God, we know the true faith, we should guide them to learn about God. Um, we should bring them to Jesus. Don't just let them wander and go anyway, but bring them to Jesus. You know, that's important. Because really every person belongs to God. You know, whether we're a parent, a large person, you know, or a little person, child, you know, everybody really belongs to God. So, you know, as someone who knows better, it's also our, our responsibility to take the young children to Jesus. Share, you know, share our faith, right? We can share our belief with the children, you know. Uh, by the way that we talk about Jesus in our home, will make a difference for the children, right? The way that we talk about God. Um, if if Jesus is a joy to us, if knowing Jesus is a joyful experience to us, then our children they will also understand this joy. They can catch that from us. So I think the example that we make in our home is very important. And then also teaching. We can share things about God, about His love, you know, about God's plan. Uh, and we can read to them even little passages of Scripture and stories from the Scripture and tell them the Bible stories and share with them some Bible promise or a very good sentence from the Bible. Um, those things are very helpful to the young minds. Yeah, and they remember lots of those things. Yeah. I have a question. Mm. When I when he gives me a baby, uh, he also gave me uh, give me a uh, uh, ability to how to handle him, how to handle my baby. Uh -huh. At the same time, he gives. He yeah he well he gives uh, he will bless especially if we pray. <laughs> The Bible says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men freely. <laughs> um, so also, I think we should ask God, please help me to have wisdom to, to teach this child rightly. You know, because also, as a people, as people or parents, we make mistakes. Right? But we need wisdom from God to try and, and do things the right way. So we can pray about that. Yeah. The, yeah. Ability. Uh huh. There are there. I think there are some natural abilities that God gives, like some natural, you know, instincts and things. But other stuff that we have is from education. It's yeah. it's very true that like there's a, there's a number of parents who have no idea how to raise children. Yeah. Right. They're like very clueless about that, and they just don't know the right way. And yeah. also it's the most important important things. Hmm. Yeah. Difficult work. Yeah. In this world, I think. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, we can pray, I think. We can pray for the wisdom and we can learn. Right? The Bible says that we should apply our minds, apply our hearts to study. Mm -hmm. And I think that especially in the Bible, we can find so many valuable lessons for how we can deal with children, how we can discipline, um, how we can guide, how we can instruct, how we can forgive. <laughs> Sometimes we have to forgive. <laughs> most important thing, and most difficult things. Uh -huh. Before teaching him, I have to change my own character. Yeah. <laughs> That's why that is the most difficult thing. I think ask Jesus to change your character, right? So, well, I mean, yes, we should, we should also know what needs to happen, but we need to pray especially that God will help to transform our character. And read His Word. Read the Bible. You know? And then whatever God says, just say, Okay, God, I want to follow Your Word. Please help me to follow. Actually, every day I read the Bible, uh -huh. but um, something that, that different to people reading a Bible. Uh, okay. Uh, so I think there's, there's two things, maybe. There's, uh, there's different influences in the world, right? There's righteous, holy influence, which is like God's Word. And then there's uh, also unholy influences and distractions that are not good and not from God. 
Um, so if we spend the time filling our minds with God's holy word and God's goodness, and then we spend the rest of the day filling our minds with Satan's garbage, or I'm just an example, okay, making an example, some distractions or, you know, uh, drama, Korean drama or American drama or something, we're putting that in our mind, you know, then our attitude, we learn, we learn from what we see, what we experience, you know. So uh, maybe we had like holy influence, and then we had another unholy influence. Like we put, you know, these attitudes like yelling and fighting and jealousy and pride and, you know, all these things. And so actually we're countering the influence of the scripture. So I think we need to be very careful about the kind of influences that we put into our life circle, right? Um, you know, it's good to take the Bible's influence, the holy influence, but we should also protect ourselves from other influences that are not so holy. Yeah, maybe that would be helpful. <laughs> but be a social animal. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh. But be a righteous one, don't be an evil one. <laughs> so the Bible says, My son or daughter, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Do not go with them. So, yeah, I know we're social, yeah. Okay, but we have to be very careful. Jesus, sometimes he ate even with, you know, publicans and sinners, but he didn't go to the bar and sit down, hey, let's have a beer, you know. Jesus didn't, he didn't go down to the level of sin. He loved people who were, yeah, okay, sinners, but he, his influences were, he chose, he chose his strength, and he chose his influences in his life. You know, he chose to meditate on God. He chose to pray and talk with God. He chose to read and study the scriptures. He chose to um, talk about things that were a little bit holier than everyday stuff. Like instead of gossiping about the neighbors, oh, look what the neighbors are doing. Jesus was talking about God's scriptures, you know. What does God say? And, you know, why did God say this? And he, he asked many questions about that. So the influences were better in his life. Even though Nazareth, where Jesus came from, was not a good place. They said, can anything good come from Nazareth? That place is terrible. It's a horrible city, right? He, yeah, he took, he, he took the, like, God's good influence, right? So we should think about how we use our time. Is gossip, talk about the neighbors, or, okay, what does God say? Think about something good, think about something pure. You know, it will make a difference in our life. Yeah. So even children will notice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, let's look at the next story of the uh, rich young man, and uh, maybe we can start with Nicole. Mm -hmm. yeah. The rich young man, and she just started his way, a man went up to him and fell on his knees before him. The teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit in eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered him, No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, Do not murder, do not commit uh, adultery, adultery uh, do not steal, do not give false uh, testimony, mm -hmm. do not defraud, mm -hmm. defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, <coughs> all this I have kept since I was a boy. Uh, Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will, uh, ha you will have a tre tre treasure. treasure in uh, heaven. Then come, follow me. Okay, just stop there. Yeah, and then can you read for us? Um, Hear the next sentence, Betty. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad, uh, because he had the great wealth. Mm -hmm. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, "How hard it is uh, for the rich to enter the kingdom of God." Okay. Uh, well, yeah, okay. The disciples okay. were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a, cam a camel to go through the eye 
the eye of the widow. Needle. Oh. Needle is like for sewing, you know? Yeah, know. Okay, okay. Needle yeah. then and we'll stop there. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. So, this uh, rich young guy, right? Rich young guy. He's got all the good things, right? He's young. You know, he's uh, rich. Maybe he's a, kind of an upstanding sort of citizen. Sounds like he's a generally good kind of guy, you might think. He says, I did all these things from my youth. You know, I didn't steal, I didn't kill, uh, you know. Um, I honor my father and mother, my parents, he respected his parents, so it sounds like he's a good son and he's maybe a good citizen, he's nice to the people, other people, at least he didn't take from them or steal, he says, okay. So uh, yeah, he's got many like nice qualities, we think, right? And he comes to Jesus and the first thing he does, he falls on his knees, he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, it's interesting how Jesus responds, right? He says, why do you call me good? He questions the man's uh, sentence. And then he says, no one is good except God alone. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And then he goes on to the other subject, right? But first he addresses the way this man was talking. Yeah, he says, good teacher, right? You know, and sometimes we're so tempted also to just call people like, okay, oh, good teacher, you know, and, but it's more like, uh, like praise. And, you know, especially here, he's, you know, on his knees, he's a good teacher, you know, master, kind person. And Jesus is like, why do you call me good, right? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes people have evil in mind. Not, a, not everybody. I think not everybody. <laughs> you don't. Okay, some people have something evil. So Jesus, yeah, he says, why do you call me good? I think an important lesson here is about, you know, praise and about where praise should go, you know. Um, I think it's important if we, you know, we praise somebody for what they did, we should, I think we should like praise lightly, not too much, right? Uh, encourage people, yes. But don't flatter, and, and, and don't, don't build their, their ego so much. Yeah. There's no one good. Is enough to be called good? I think Jesus is to be good. If anybody was worthy um, to be called good, Jesus was worthy to be called good. Yeah. He's the Holy One of God. So, but even, even if he's worthy, even though he is worthy of it, he still doesn't accept it. Yeah. He says, no, there's no need for you to praise me. There's no need for you to say anything like that. Just humble-minded. Yeah, humble-minded. Right. And I think the lesson goes to many other people and applications, right? You know, so often, so often people, like, they praise, you know, the minister. They say, oh, moksani. So good, you know, and they, you know, they like praise him. Oh, you're so kind, so such a good teacher or something, you know. And really, really, we nobody needs to have that kind of, you know, worship or like praise or something like that. Um, I mean, we should have respect for, you know, maybe for God's teachers, but we should not go around praising people and saying these kind of things to their face because it's not good for their character. It's not good for, for the minister's character to have a humble mind. It's not good for him. And it's not good for others, you know. So Jesus, he just stops it right there. He says, why do you call me good? So he makes a lesson that I think has a lot of importance for us, you know, to remember to Okay, have a humble mind, and don't let people just come up and praise us, and all oh, this and that, and just, okay, you don't know, <laughs> right? Um, we have to dismiss some of those things, right? 
And I think also, you know, as a person who's tempted to admire others, we should be very careful about saying something about them or praising to their face. Yeah. A lot of people, their life, I think, was ruined because of praise. They liked it. They liked the sound of praise. And they became very proud. Many people were like that. And it, it wrecked their life in many ways. Yeah. So, uh, Jesus, he stops it. And I think also we should try to stop that kind of praise. Yeah. It's okay to encourage sometimes, but be careful about what we say. Yeah. Um, and even if we even if we did everything like righteously and perfectly, okay, there's nothing there's no praise. Jesus says if you did everything that God asked you to do, you're still an unprofitable servant. <laughs> right? It's still that's what you're supposed to do, right? You know, and even even if someone had like perfect righteousness, okay, that's just normal for heaven. That's nothing. That's, you're supposed to be righteous. You're supposed to be, you know, like perfect in righteousness, you know, to do what's right. Okay, people in this world, all of us have been sinners, right? But uh, we think, oh, somebody who's like perfect in their righteousness, wow, amazing. Okay, but yeah. That's just like that's just like ground zero, okay? In heaven, everybody is just righteous. Everybody is righteous. That's normal, right? That's normal for heaven. Just righteous, right? Everybody, should, you should be righteous. All of us are below God's standard, you know? So we, God wants us to be here, yeah, but you're still below, you know? So, so even if you're there, that's nothing. You're, then you're just normal. But right now, you're below normal. We're not normal <laughs> for heaven's standard. Why do you call me good, Jesus says. Only God is good. And I think that's the main point. All goodness comes from God. All good things comes from God. All gifts, all talents, you know, um, whether it's uh, musical ability, whether it's, you know, wisdom, whether it's uh, speaking or teaching ability, whether it's uh, some other skill, you're very good with, you know, artistic ability. Okay, all these things, these gifts, they come from God, right? You didn't decide, okay, I'm going to be a good artist, you know. Or when you were in your mother's womb, okay, I'll be a super good artist. I'll make myself the best artist. No, there, there's certain abilities that you didn't choose. None of us chose them. Only God chose them. And he said, okay, I'll put something here and I'll put ability there. I'll give them some talent. See, God likes to spread out his gifts. God likes to spread out his talent. Because as human beings, we need each other. God doesn't give everybody you know, perfect talent, like the most talented person. You know, he gives something to them, and he gives something to them, and something to them. And we have to depend on each other. Together, we can do something. Because you have skill, and someone else has skill, you know, in one way. So then together, we can work as a human family, right? But the one who has everything is God, right? He's perfect in everything, right? So all the goodness comes from God. So he says... Only God is good, right? Only God is good. Yeah. We just, we're not so good. Yeah. So I think that's an important lesson that we can learn from the statement of Jesus. Yeah. Um, the other things is that, you know, the guy, okay, he says, yeah, Jesus quotes the Ten Commandments, um, especially the last six, our relationship between each other. You know, don't lie, don't steal, don't kill, uh, don't commit adultery. Uh, honor your father and mother. That's the last six commandments. Okay, it's the human relationships. The first four are about between God and man, but the last six are about between people. So Jesus quotes those ones, and the guy says, "Okay, teacher, I did everything since I was a boy, since I was a young child. I was a Christian. Since since I was born, I was a Christian. <laughs> you know, and say I was good." Uh, I did I did all the right things, you know, since I was young. And it says Jesus looked at him and loved him. Right? Jesus loved this guy. He thought, 
hmm, maybe this man has a very sincere heart. He wants to do what's good. He wants to do what's right, you know. And Jesus really appreciated that. Um, but then Jesus said, okay, well, one thing you lack, right? Jesus always has a higher standard. You know, as men, we say, okay, yeah, he's a good guy. Okay, he's fine. You know, but Jesus says, one thing you lack, right? There's something missing. Still, there's something missing. Okay? And then he says, uh, uh, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Right? Now, Jesus doesn't ask every person in the world to just immediately go out and sell everything. Right? He doesn't do that to everybody. Um, but he asked this man a question that's kind of like a test question uh, in some ways to see where the man's allegiance is. Where is the man's heart fully? Right? And so he asked him, just go and sell. Now, these are good things, and we should, we should you know, serve God, and we should help the poor, we should do those things. Jesus says, okay, well, go and do that, and then you come and follow me, right? And the guy, when he, when he hears the words, right, it says, verse 22, At this the man's face fell, and he went away sad, because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God, right? Um, so Jesus asked him a question that really tested the man's uh, faith or the place where the man was, right? And um, apparently, okay, he, he was faced with this decision, okay, a decision between following Jesus all the way or taking the money for himself, right? He has his choice between, okay, having lots of possessions, having lots of money, having many, you know, things, okay? or giving everything, all the treasures of the earth away, all my stuff, giving it away, you know, and helping the poor, and then just following Jesus. He has this choice, right? Now, uh, what did he make more important than Jesus? His wealth, right? There was, there was something in his life that he loved more than Jesus. Now, he thought Jesus is a good teacher, right? He has respect for Jesus. But there was something in his life that he loved even more than Jesus, or than following Jesus. That was his stuff, his, so his money. Oh. In front of him, the Jesus is still there. Uh -huh. He asked, uh, he, he, he asked, asked him, what should I do? He answered, how can he come to up? Yeah, up higher. Heaven. Yeah. But why, does, why did he? Yeah, he asks, what, what good things should I do, right? So I can inherit eternal life. So Jesus says, well, you know the commandments. Uh, and he says, you should do these, right? He told, told him, and the man's like, oh, I've done those all since I was young. Right? So he feels like also he's um, satisfied with his situation. Like maybe I'm a good person, you know? I do good things. So, so what should I do to now have eternal life? I can just follow Jesus. And he thinks, well, maybe I don't have to do very much. Right. Maybe he's a young, so he still wants to live this world, in this world. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but now he doesn't want to go up to heaven. Okay, so uh, he has something that his heart really is attached to. His heart is very, very close to his money and his things, right? More close to those things than to Jesus. And now here he's faced with that decision, right? Okay, follow Jesus all the way and help the poor and sell my stuff or take the treasure. Take the treasure in heaven or take the treasure on earth, right? And we can see that he struggles so much, he becomes very sad and it says he goes away sad. Jesus didn't tell him to go away, but he, cho he chose to go away sad because his heart loved it so much. So we can see that actually he had some idol between, between Jesus and the money, he chose the money, right? So uh, the Bible says in the first four commandments, you know, you shall have no other gods before me. He broke commandment number one. Uh, commandment number two is don't make any graven image or idol, don't bow down and worship them. Well, the guy made also this money like his, his idol, right? The money became his idol and his god. So, uh, he was actually breaking commandments, the first four commandments, you know, our relationship to God. 
He valued these things more than Jesus. These things were his idol. So when Jesus quoted the last six commandments about treating others good, you know, he says, oh, I've done it since I was a boy. Jesus said, you're lacking something. What is that? He says, and then he gives them this question. And that shows the guy, what is he lacking? Okay, his, uh, his heart is loving something else more than Jesus. His heart is loving the money more than Jesus. All right, so he has these idols in his life. Uh, and, and he's breaking the commandments, even though he didn't think about it. He didn't know it. But those things were his idol. Yeah. Empty. Empty. Yeah, he would feel, I think he would also feel very empty because those things don't satisfy. Money doesn't satisfy. Usually people who have lots of money, they think, if I could just get a little more money, then I'll be more happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, that happens for a lot of people. Um, so Jesus points out there is a danger, you know, uh, with the wealth and riches. Uh, the Bible says, uh, that some people they trust in, I think I put this in the notes, uh, some people they trust in their riches, you know, um, where's that verse? Well, some people trust in horses and some people trust in chariots, but uh, we should put our trust in God. I'm looking for that quote, but I don't see it. Uh, but basically, you know, the Bible, oh, okay, here it is. It's not the last part of B. Okay, it says, Put not your trust in princes, nor in the sons of man, in whom there is no help. And the Bible also says, Do not trust in uncertain riches. Um, in the book of Timothy, Paul says, uh, Charge those who are rich, that they, would, that they do not trust in uncertain riches. Um, the Bible says also in Proverbs that riches, they make themselves wings and they fly away. You know, sometimes, sometimes what we think is wealth and, you know, we have it today, but somehow it just goes, you know. Uh, maybe illness comes or sickness or something, and then we are spending all of our money on this, right? Or maybe our business fails, or the economy suddenly fails, you know, and all of our money is worthless. It's mm-hmm. nothing, right? Uncertainty. Uncertain. It will go away, yeah. Yeah, you cannot trust in it. You cannot depend on it. Okay, they're uncertain, right? Um, so it, they're not like God, right? Money cannot save us like God. M- money can help people to do many things, but once the money goes away, it's gone, right? Um, it doesn't last. It's just material. If the government fails, the money fails. If the economy fails, you have nothing, right? So, um, do not trust in the uncertain riches, the Bible says. It says, charge those who are rich, that they do not trust in uncertain riches. So be careful, you know. And Jesus says, store up your treasures in heaven, you know. Some people store up their treasures on earth where the moth comes and destroys their many clothes they have sitting in the closet. Some moth will come and destroy, you know. Or the rust destroys like some metal, you know. Um, Jesus says, also thieves, they come and they steal sometimes. So. These are earthly sorts of treasures, but they don't last. They always go away. And Jesus says you should put up your your treasures in heaven where the moth cannot eat them and the rust cannot destroy and the thief cannot steal. Nothing bad can happen to those treasures. Uh, So invest our, our life in the things of God. Invest our life in the lives of others to help other people, right? These things can never be taken away, right? These are invest, invest, an investment. Yeah, yeah, invest, try to help others, right? Uh, Put your time, put your your effort, put your your money, you know, so to speak, into into the things of God or into uh, helping other people. Uh, Make a difference in the world for God. Live for God, right? Store up your treasures in heaven. Um, rather than just here on the earth where you know it's going to go away or it'll get destroyed or something bad will happen. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, you mean, uh, Dan, mm. you, so mm. you mean uh, uh, the, the only way to go to heaven for which man is give, uh, give up everything? <laughs> give yes, all money, all of his money. The way, I believe, is to put, is to put God before that. 
is to put God first. Um, and, I, and I believe, yes, to use money for God's purposes, for good things. Some people use money, uh, if they have a lot of money, they use it to build up their own treasures, you know. Uh, they just buy a more expensive car, buy a bigger house, you know. And their focus sometimes is just more on those things, you know. Um, but God is telling us there's many things in the world to do, like helping those who are poor and helping the church, helping God's cause, right? Those things are important. Um, in the end, the money will not be worth anything. Um, actually, in the Revelation, it talks about a time where those who are faithful to God, they cannot buy or sell. Right? The Bible talks about this mark of the beast and these other things and uh, says that those who are faithful to God, they're not allowed to buy or sell. So at that point, the money is not worth anything. You know? So even if you had a lot in the bank, it's not helpful. Now, there were rich men who served God in the Bible. There was, um, Job was a very righteous man. He was also very wealthy. Yeah, if you ever read the, in the Old Testament the story of Job. But he, lost he lost everything, but he got it back at the end. Yeah, and, and anyway, he used that to help people. Uh, he was always helping the poor, right? Um, he, he looked for ways to help the poor. He was very educated about how can I help the poor in a good way, right? How can I make their lives better? So he looked for ways to help people with the money. Yeah, he didn't just sit around and wait and somebody comes to beg and, um, okay, I'll give you something. Right? He wasn't like that. <laughs> okay, Job was looking for, okay, who can I help? Who needs help? You know, like that. Right? I have Yeah. If two people, same condition, two people have to obey the this mission, uh -huh. but one people rich man and mm. the other people unrich man. Mm. Uh, which people is it to, easier to enter the heaven? If uh, two people are in this situation? Yeah, yeah. Same situation. Same situation. Um, oftentimes the poor tend to trust in God because they don't have anything, you know, um, else. So, I mean, they're, it's easier for some people who have less money because they, they just don't trust in the riches and they, they don't have a lot of money to, to do foolish things with. Um, so I think sometimes it's better for our character to experience being poor, you know. But there are also poor people who are very stingy and have a very mean heart or perhaps a bad heart. But it's an, uh, maybe it's less common. I don't know. It depends. It depends. Yeah. Um, it depends. No, it's not a sin. Yeah, it's not a sin to have money. No, no, it's not a sin. Uh, in the early church, there were two very wealthy men uh, who especially helped the church. Okay, there was Nicodemus, who was a very wealthy man. He was uh, one of the Sanhedrin, or leaders of the Jewish people um, and their faith. And he believed in Jesus. And then after the death of Jesus, uh, Nicodemus helped the early church a lot. Another man was Joseph of Arimathea. Uh, he was a very wealthy man, and he also believed in Jesus. He trusted him and wanted to follow him. And so when Jesus died on the cross, uh, Joseph of Arimathea and also Nicodemus, they went and they asked for the body of Jesus so that they could bury the body. And Joseph of Arimathea, he was a wealthy man, and he had a tomb that nobody had ever been put into before, like a grave, you know. And so... It's a different grave and tomb. Well, it's the same, basically. The tomb, maybe it's more like, okay, carved out somewhere, and then uh, you put somebody's body in there. A grave is usually, like, just buried in the ground. Only the rich guys has a tomb. Yeah, maybe. Okay, but also sometimes we use the words very similarly. But there's a slight difference. Yeah. Okay. So this guy, you know, he gave this, this tomb that nobody had been laid in it. It was for a wealthy man. You know, a rich man paid for this special grave site or tomb. Uh, and so he gave that for Jesus, yeah. right, for his body. And then, and then in the early church, these men, they helped with their means. You know, they had a lot of money. But, of course, then later in life, their money ran out in many ways. I mean, it just ran much lower. But they put it to a good use. You know, it wasn't just sitting in the bank. It wasn't just for some business. Um, you know, it wasn't just for self. But they, they used it to make a great influence and a great impact for the kingdom of God, right? So their heart was to help 
others and to help God and to help His work, right? That was where their heart was. So I think the heart is very important. Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to the like money, you know. Also, there's another story about a woman who gave like two pennies. You know, this is she gave it to God. Her her last two pennies. And then there was other people who they gave like you know lots more money, lots more money, and and then and people thought, oh wow, he gave like a uh, hundred dollars, or he gave you know <laughs> whatever amount, you know one million won. Uh, okay, but Jesus said, you know, this poor woman, she gave more than all those people. She had two pennies. She gave more. Jesus said, what she gave, that's all of her food money. That's all she has. She doesn't have anything else. You know, uh, but she gave it to God. She sacrificed so much. But these other people who are very wealthy, they gave from their abundance. They had lots of things. It doesn't hurt them at all. Just, okay, I'll give some money, right? But she was sacrificing. Jesus said the sacrifice was even more important. You know, she gave everything, her last two pennies. So more important than the amount of money was the sacrifice, right? So the heart was what mattered the most. Yeah, <laughs> so I think that's important to consider. Uh, maybe we'll, let's summarize this uh, story, this part, and then uh, then we'll finish for today and can continue it the next time. Um, but tomorrow should be our other lesson. Okay, let's see. So so Jesus says um, in verse 24 and following, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. Um, and everybody's amazed at his words. He's, then he says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for the rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Excuse me. Some, someone said that was the uh, uh, needle's gate. Needle's gate. There was this gate that goes into Jerusalem, and it, and it was like very small. And they said that you, to get a camel through the gate, you had to like make your camel go down on the ground and take off the bags and like, okay, kind of help him to scoot through uh, this gate. Some people have suggested that it was like that. But I think even by Jesus' words, you know, we could say maybe, maybe Jesus did mean actually a literal like, needle, which you know a camel cannot go through that needle, <laughs> right? Okay, some people think maybe that. Because the disciples, it says that they were so amazed, and they said, who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? And then Jesus said, you know, with, with man this is impossible, right? So he said it's not possible with people. But with God, all things are possible, right? So, uh, yeah, maybe Jesus meant like a literal needle. It could be. It could be. Because they're totally amazed. And Jesus says, okay, this is impossible for man. Impossible. But not for God. So there is a way, right? Um, so, yeah, basically he's pointing out so often the wealthy people, they might be tempted to just trust in the money. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be. But it's a big temptation for a lot of people, right? To just trust in the money and to not, you know, trust in God or seek God as much because they're very comfortable with a rich lifestyle. Yeah, it's very comfortable. So, and sometimes there's a lot of sins and a lot of temptations. You know, we have some ability, we have some more money, so we can do this, right? And sometimes they have many other wealthy friends, and there's this thinking among many people, like, okay, this is our class, this is our level, but you're just poor, you know. But see, Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus got down with the people who were common people, right? He cared about every person. The value of a soul is not estimated by the amount of change you have in your bank or in your pocket. The value of a soul is not, not by money, right? And so God looks at the true value of every person's heart, of every person's soul. He doesn't look at the numbers you have in your bank account. He doesn't look, right? Even though you know? uh, he's a rich man, yeah. he uses his money for the poor, it yeah. doesn't matter. Uh -huh. What matters is that the heart is surrendered to Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. And that, that we're truly following him. Yeah. So we have to trust in Jesus, trust in God, and not trust in the money, you know, and just remember, sometimes we think God favored the rich, you know, God blessed the rich, God loves them more or something, you know, this is a very common thought. Even the Jews, they thought, okay, if you're rich, maybe God loves you the most. Is it a blessing to be a rich guy? 
it could be maybe or a curse. <laughs> it could be uh, those those two things. Uh, one of the guys, okay, I think it was Solomon, he said, uh, he says, don't make me, it could have been either, either David or Solomon, but he said, uh, don't make me uh, too rich, you know, lest I forget God, you know, or curse God or something. And he says, don't make me too poor, uh, because then I might be tempted to steal something and commit a sin, <laughs> right? So please just, you know, help me to have something to take care of my my life needs, right? So I thought that was, it's also a helpful thought. Um, but yeah, so it's possible, he says, with God all things are possible, but we need to be very careful about our hearts. There are very big temptations for, especially for people if we have more free money to use. It's more easy for us to use the money. So the temptation comes to us very easily, you know to maybe do the wrong thing with that money, or to have the wrong heart, the wrong mind or attitude. Yeah. So we should be careful by God's grace. We can do what is right. Um, yes. So why don't we pray, and then uh, we will continue this one for next time. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. All right, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. And thank you for the lessons of the scriptures. Uh, we can see that there are real dangers out there. Um, and with the wealth and riches, it's very possible to fall into the trap of depending or trusting uh, in those things. Uh, we just pray that you would uh, help us to know uh, your way and to, to follow that way and to have your true peace and we pray that we can have a, a true heart and mind to do what is right. Uh, we thank you for these things, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm.